You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. Coming up, Nicole tells your fortune looking ahead. So get out your crystal and stay tuned with Mistress Nicole. All dressed in leather. You won't forget her, you want to love her and you won't let go. Who's that woman, crazy woman, Nicole? All right, well, (laughs) welcome back to another day, just like the other day, just like the day before. You know, what do they say is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? Um, somebody should tell Kevin McCarthy that when 20 people vote against you nine times, you, maybe you should get the message. You know, look, I, I, I'm thick-headed sometimes. Sometimes it, it takes me being hit over the head a number of times before I get it. But eventually I get it. Kevin McCarthy just won't let go. It's amazing. So deja vu all over again, burning down the Republican House, um, disorder in the House. I mean, I boy, if I was doing a music show, there'd be no lack of songs to play that fit the theme. But alas, I can't do that. So um, Howie Klein will be here today. It's Thursday. So we can talk music. But I, it's funny, listen, looking at the, the, the YouTube chatters, a lot of people want Howie Klein's take on the shit show that's happening in the U.S. House of Representatives. Nancy Pelosi, um, who is now just a rank and file member of the Democratic caucus in the House, um, was quoted in an article that I read about an hour ago saying, we're not going to help Kevin McCarthy get elected. Look, it's our job to work with the opposition on policy, to to do good for the country. But they've got to elect their speaker first. They've got to elect their leader. That's on them. And, well, 
<laughs> they just can't do it. So when we last met yesterday, right, they, they uh, remember I played for you the audio where um, uh, one of the Republicans came in it, 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 earlier when they, when they adjourned the daytime session and said, we're going to come back at eight o'clock at night. And, and I don't know why anybody didn't object and ask for a voice vote, because as you heard, I played it here yesterday. Let's see, maybe I can um, pull it up again real quick because they called for the, the voice vote. Um, and it was, you know, to me, it sure sounded like, um, where is it? Here we go. Uh, well, listen, this, this was how it went yesterday afternoon, I think. No member elect having received the majority of the votes cast, a speaker has not been elected. For what purpose does the gentleman from Oklahoma rise? I move that we adjourn until 8 o'clock this evening. 8 o'clock this evening. The right. question is on the motion to adjourn. All those in favor say aye. Aye. All those opposed, no. No. The ayes have it. What? See, I heard the no's having it. The motion is adopted. What? And now you hear some objections, right? In fact, there's a bit of an uproar. Is a member demanding the A's and A's? But no member demanded the A's and A's. No. The motion is adopted. So that's what happened yesterday. I love that. Okay, the the woman Cheryl Johnson, who is the clerk of the uh, of the House, is the basically acting speaker. But she still has somebody standing off to the side, feeding her the lines that she's supposed to speak. Which I just I don't understand. Why doesn't the guy who's feeding her the lines just say it? You know, I'm all about efficiency. But anyway, I digress. So they came back at eight o'clock, and well. Almost immediately, they um, <laughs> they they called for an adjournment again. Seriously, uh, and it was contentious. Hold on, let me. See. I I didn't pull that clip over here. Let me see if I have it. Um, yeah. So listen to this because obviously they couldn't even get their shit together to have a civilized uh, voice vote to adjourn. So they they went out to dinner. They broke for a few hours, came back, and then they called to adjourn again because obviously they weren't making any progress. But listen to the disorder in the House. Whoops. Let's try that again. On this vote, on this vote, the yeas are 200. On this vote, the yeas are 216. The nays are 214. Accordingly... is adopted. Accordingly, the House stands adjourned until noon tomorrow. So that was last night. So yes, after all that, they came back and then they adjourned and they went back into, well, not into session today. They went back into voting mode. And here's where the deja vu comes in. We have all been here before. So let's, let's recap, shall we? On Tuesday... On Tuesday, they had voting in round one, two, and three. And, you know, if the speaker was chosen on a plurality, basically just needed more votes than the other guy, 
it would be Hakeem Jeffries. Hakeem Jeffries, on every one of the votes they've held so far, has recorded 212 votes. There are 212 Democrats in the incoming 118th Congress. There are, or will be, 222 Republicans. Um, In order for McCarthy to become speaker, he needs 218 votes. As long as 434 of them, that's how many members there are because one died, um, 218 would give him a majority. Well, he hasn't been able to muster more than, I think, 202 votes. And now it's like down to 201 because there are 19 or 20 members who will not vote for him. So on Tuesday, it was votes one, two, and three. Jeffrey's getting 212 votes and McCarthy getting significantly less. On two, on Wednesday, yesterday, they come back in, they do rounds four, five, and six, and nothing changed. They went out, they came back at eight o'clock last night, obviously, didn't have the votes, uh, adjourned again, came back today at noon, and had rounds seven, eight, and nine. And guess what? Still nothing has changed. And now... I couldn't make this up if I tried. They are on the 10th round of votes. Tenth, the 10th ballot uh, at this moment at what time is it? 5.08 p.m. Eastern. Uh, 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 Hakeem Jeffries has 15 votes. McCarthy has 16. Donald's. The black Republican who they've put up as a sacrificial lamb, I guess, or a token. Um has zero, but others have three. I understand in the last round, Matt Gates voted for Donald Trump because, you know, they take this so seriously. Uh, or not. It's insane that this is going on. Yes, what's the definition of insanity? What they're doing over and over and over again. It, it's just, it's inconceivable. But I'll tell you, even more inconceivable, these 19 or 20, I guess there are 20 of them now that uh, somebody has been voting present, um, are seemingly intractable. They're not going to vote for for Kevin McCarthy. And one of the most loudmouthed, I was going to say outspoken, but that's not really the right word to describe Lauren Boebert. She's a loudmouth. She made the media rounds last night. First... Oh, this was just classic. She goes on Sean Hannity's show. You know, and I guess they at one time, (laughs) at one time, were friends. Um, I don't know that they are anymore because, well, let me just play for you a clip. So so this is Lauren Boebert on the Fox channel, not news, but channel, with... um, Sean Hannity. And well, you tell me what happened here. We are going to get there. I am fine doing this. We're in day two. It's okay. The government isn't spending um, money sending it to Ukraine. So the American taxpayers are certainly winning. What? Um, Politically, but, you know, Congresswoman, this- you agree, and I agree on most things. We don't disagree on many yes, things. Yes, we do, Sean. And, and <laughs> I, I do have Correct. respect and for I you. Correct. And I believe that history will show however, that I'm on the right side of this, Sean. Is she, how, is how, her? Well, you, you can believe you're in your position. Affectation really words. annoying? You said to President Trump, Trump, you said we're very clear. 
He doesn't have 218, so you need to ask him to withdraw. If by Friday you and your group of 20 don't have a name with 30 votes, is it time for you to withdraw? And if not, why do you support a double mm. standard? Last Good question. question, actually. Kevin McCarthy does not have 218 votes. Kevin McCarthy and you will have, not and be you speaker. Have 20. I, and you have 20. Kevin I asked McCarthy you a very specific question. Ooh. Listen, Friday, when we, when we get this right, 30. I will not, Sean. I will not withdraw. Our You're asks were, were not petty of Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> they were not self-serving. We simply no. were asking for commitments on what the American people want to see. They want a to what? see a vote on term limits. A vote really? On the- okay, so she goes on and on, and thankfully the, the clip cut off there. Let me tell you what these 20 want, um, because it's not what the American people want, despite what Ms. Boebert says. Um, so, okay, so here are some of the demands. And, and, and just so you know, what has changed, what changed overnight is McCarthy caved even more. I couldn't make this up if I tried. Kevin McCarthy already would be the weakest speaker in American history if he were to somehow get the gavel after all of this. But um, uh, (laughs) it's just astounding. So last night, he agreed to more of their demands. This is a man who's been held hostage by a tenth of his caucus, and he's bending over backwards to acquiesce to their demands because he so wants to be speaker. He's not going home until they make him speaker. Well, he may have to. Okay, so what he what he appears to have agreed on last night. Remember, one of the big demands was this motion to vacate. So the rules change in the House, obviously, when a new speaker comes in. That's why there are no rules in this Congress yet, in this House, because there's no speaker So if you're enjoying watching the creative camera work on C-SPAN, it's because there are no rules governing the cameras in the House in the 118th Congress yet. So the people manning the cameras are just once there's an actual speaker and rules in place, that won't happen anymore. But that's the reason you saw AOC in a weird conversation with Paul Gosar. That you're seeing these huddles on the House floor, that you're seeing these strange bedfellows talking. That's one of the things. So anyway, the rule had been in recent times, and and again, it changes all the time, so don't quote me on this. But most recently, I believe, it was there had to be a majority of the party of the Speaker's caucus in the House to call for him to vacate, to hold a vote to basically relieve the speaker of his or her position. Well, Kevin McCarthy already gave in to these maggots' demands uh, uh, to some extent, and he lowered that to five. Instead of a majority of members of the caucus, it would only take five members to, uh, to force a vote to oust a speaker. Well, that still wasn't good enough. They wanted to lower that to one so that any one member of the House of of the the party in power in the House could call for a vote to oust the speaker. And that was a red line for McCarthy up until last night. 
And he gave in. And what his minions are now saying, they're arguing that, well, there's not a huge practical difference between this, between just one member and his previous offer of requiring five members to trigger the vote. (laughs) There's not a big difference between one and five? Hmm. Bullshit. Oh, excuse me. That's bullshit. Um... Then there's, you know, the Freedom Caucus. Most of these maggots are part of the Freedom Caucus. They're the outgrowth of the of the teabagger movement from the 2010s, right? And so one of their demands, these hostage takers in the in the house who are holding up all of the Congress's business so far. I mean, to the point where no member has even been sworn into the House of Representatives yet cuz that can't happen until the speaker is seated, um, one of their demands, and there are many of them, is that they want two seats on the House Rules Committee. That's the committee that oversees the amendment process for the floor. They want two seats on that very powerful House Rules Committee reserved for members of the Freedom Caucus. Excuse me? Want four Because two isn't enough. It's just astounding that a group of really, I mean, it's five. There are five core members and there are, I guess, 15 others who are uh, keeping them company. um, That they are saying, well, we want the wing nuttiest of us all to have positions of power in the House Rules Committee. So we want to carve out two, three or four seats for members of this most wing nutty of, of, of caucuses in the House Republican Caucus, the Freedom Caucus. Um, and on top of that, you know, it's usually up to the speaker to choose who sits on whatever committee. Well, these maggots want to choose their own members for these jobs. So, you know, they want to take an already kind of toothless, feckless uh, McCarthy and render him legless, <laughs> limbless too. Um, they also have demanded a vote on term limits. Some will probably go along with that. Uh, they want major changes to the appropriations process because, you know, they keep saying with no evidence whatsoever that, you know, the Democrats, the American people didn't want this $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. Well, you know what I say to that? Bullshit. Maybe you didn't want it, but don't speak for me. Don't speak for the American people. You don't speak for me, uh, Lauren Boebert. Oh, by the way, so after she went on Hannity's show last night, she went on Stephanie Rule's show, The 11th Hour on MSNBC. And Stephanie Rule, I give her a lot of credit. She held her feet to the fire. You know, I didn't, I actually didn't pull um, clips from the interview, mostly because I was out looking at cars with my kid today, running around. So I apologize. I shirked my responsibility. But um, let me just share with you a few minutes. I'm just going to cue in to the middle of this interview if I can, uh, because it was pretty astounding. Um, Lauren Boebert, first of all, she's got the weirdest affectation where she overpronounces every T. 
you know, it's like you've here. to make sure that there is a check and a balance and that there are rules in place. We tease. need the tools that are available to us to actually govern the way that we campaigned. OK, then here's where I'm scratching my head. If you're talking about a person that will unite the Republican Party, I heard you this afternoon talk about consensus. Perhaps you and I have a different definition of consensus. He's got 200 votes. Yesterday, you backed Jim Jordan. Today, you're backing Byron Donalds as speaker. <laughs> He's got 20 votes. 20. You think that guy's getting to 218 tomorrow? <laughs> I uh, know that there are many of our colleagues who are cheering us on silently um, and silently voting for won't Kevin help, McCarthy. Stephanie Rule killed it here. Get there. I'm going to be honest as it with takes, you. We are going to get there, and we're going to make sure that this is right for the American people. We want to see change in Washington, D.C., <laughs> and we want to see policies um, that are passed that actually help the American people. Look, Kevin McCarthy has been in leadership for 14 years. What does he have to show for that? We okay. aren't just electing somebody who can fundraise and, and just rubber stamp is him into office. Is she the most office. annoying That's person? That's not what I was elected to do. What you're seeing here is a constitutional republic at work. It, it may look messy, it may look chaotic, no, but this no, is us losing and actually and, and using our votes. And I believe our founding fathers go, intended Stephanie. It to be come way. on, go. Okay, well, our founding fathers aren't here, so let's get real and let's get practical. You can say what you believe. I believe children is, though, are our so future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. That's a song. You are backing a guy with 20 votes. Is he getting to 218 tomorrow? People no. who are silently cheering him on will not help when they round everybody up and ask for a vote tomorrow. I do believe that we are seeing growing opposition. Oh, God, shut up. OK, the interview was worth watching, not because of Lauren Boebert. Believe me, if I never hear that woman speak again, it would be too soon. But Stephanie Rule. She was great. And yes, Diane, uh, David in the chat room says her expressions are priceless. Her rolling of her eyes, her looking off screen in react, obviously to somebody who's, you know, producing or whatever to the, to the responses that this woman, I, I, I'm, I'm biting my tongue that this woman, um, says that the nonsense is just i mean she makes sarah palin sound almost articulate <laughs> almost i said almost not completely but almost it, it, it's just just unbelievable now one other thing that i want to make clear and we'll talk with howie about this as well because um you know we keep hearing about all of the the negotiations going on behind closed doors. That's why, you know, they didn't get enough done during the little dinner break last night. So they had to break overnight. Pizzas were brought into the house to, you know, for these meetings because, you know, pizza will do it. Pizza? Um, anyway, uh <laughs> If you think that it's only these members or members elect negotiating, then you're not paying attention. Because what is the number one rule when it comes to these Congress critters, especially the Republicans? Follow the money. In this case, it's the money from the super PACs. You know who's calling the shots? There are two super PACs who are, I guess, on the phones with... um. Uh, the the leaders, if there are such things, in the House Republican caucus. You've got the Kevin McCarthy-aligned 
Congressional Leadership Fund, who is now working in conjunction with the right-wing Club for Growth. Now, the Club for Growth was initially opposed to a Speaker McCarthy. And they said that they would stay out of any open house primaries for safe Republican seats, right? Um, in the past, the two groups often found themselves at odds with each other. Uh, the uh, Congressional Leadership Fund poured millions of dollars in races to back establishment candidates, while the Club for Growth was endorsing, you know, primary challengers from the far right. So in return for the promise that they would no longer get involved in primary races, the Club for Growth dropped its opposition to McCarthy. So you'd think that maybe that would clear the way for him to have get some more votes today. But he didn't. He still has, you know, what I'm surprised about is that there haven't been um, more defections against McCarthy uh, because the, the vote counts for the three, now four votes that they've taken today um, still, you know, uh, still show more than the four that McCarthy can afford to lose. In fact, right now they're on the 10th ballot and here's where the tally stands at this moment. You have uh, uh, Hakeem Jeffries once again in the lead with 79 votes. Uh, Mitch, Mc, uh, Mitch McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy with 73. Donalds, we should just call him Tolkien. If you watch uh, South Park, you'll know it's not Tolkien, it's Tolkien. Yeah, right. Um, Donalds with four, others six. So, so far, 10 of these um, uh, hostage-taking Republicans in the House, uh, 10 have voted against Kevin McCarthy giving him another loss. So I don't know how long they're going to keep doing this. Now, what has happened is this now, this speaker's election has now surpassed the one from 100 years ago. In 1923, the last time there was no speaker chosen on the first ballot, it went for nine Yep, it took them nine ballots to finally get a speaker elected. Well, 1923's got nothing on 2023 because they are now in the 10th round of voting and they still have to go for like another hour um, uh, uh, counting these votes. And But already McCarthy has lost. So I don't know what his game plan is. I do not know what his what his plan is uh robert naples hi have a plan say what oh god robert you're breaking up on me oh hang on i'm in the bed zone there take care of, can i call you back in a minute or what do you no want no no you got it now talk 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 because i only have a minute all right like like i said i would have spiked those pizzas that went into the to feed those monsters because today we had less people in that room um, but I'm, huh? I'm, oh my God, I forgot what I was called for. I actually it doesn't start. Oh boy, oh, I'm getting old here from Florida. I'm come with you in Arizona. I'm getting blind here. I'm getting blind. <laughs> actually, I got a cop behind me looking at me on the phone. Oh, okay, go, go, be safe, Robert. We'll talk to you later. That's Robert Naples on the road, always listening, calling in whenever he can. So, um, 
you know, look, it wouldn't be another day on the Nicole Sandler show. Oh, shoot. Where is my, um, I had another song to play for you before Howie gets here. And I, oh, there it is. Okay. I thought I lost it, but I found it. Because what would a another day of voting against Kevin McCarthy look like without a Mangy Fetlock's tune? Take it away, Mangy. He's uh, turning out to be uh, more of a loser than Donald Uh-oh. Trump. Hold on. I, I need to start it over. I, I, uh, I'm a mess today. Here we go. Howdy, folks. Mangy Fetlock's here. Poor Kevin McCarthy, six votes against him for House speak, uh, Speaker. Whew. He's uh, turning out to be uh, more of a loser than Donald Trump, even. Oh. Kev McCarthy won't sleep well tonight. These past two days, things haven't gone right. He's a loser. That's being polite. Six-time loser. Yeah, poor Kevin won't sleep well tonight. Today, Trump thought he'd give him a boost to put Kevin the house speaker's roost. Trump's so weak, though, no votes were produced. It appears Kevin's cook has been goosed. <laughs> Not sure if that's right, but uh, it rhymes better that way. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Mangy fetlocks, everybody. Yes, no, I know. Tamara is saying the longest vote for Speaker of the House happened in 1855 as the 34th Congress. It took 133 ballots until the majority in the House was able to pick a speaker. It was like two months. I mentioned that yesterday, Tamara, but that's okay. This now moves up to the second longest, um, and hopefully it won't take them months to get to the right place. By the way, programming notes. Somebody just asked, uh, did we ever found, find out what happened with, Lou, with uh, Will Bunch yesterday? He forgot. Um, I, I have some very apologetic uh, messages from Will Bunch from yesterday. He's like, I just plain forgot. I feel really bad. I feel really stupid. He said he was online until 5.15, and then I think his wife had him run out for a, an errand. He just totally spaced out shit happens we'll get will back on sometime in the next week or so uh and i'll remind him i'll get a phone number just in case all right but you know what it is thursday i had to think twice about that for a moment I, i'm a bit i'm a bit uh, uh brain dead today but that's all right we'll we'll get we'll get through it i think um but you know what happens on thursdays don't you Whose turn is it to mix up the Dirty Debbies? Are you a multinational corporation hungry for a treat? Well, come on down to Schmucky Chuckies, where you'll personally be seated by Chuck Schumer himself. So many dishes, and they're all fresh. You're going to love our Blue Dog special, the Dino Burger, because we say so. A good hamburger and french fries. And every burger comes with a side order of grits. I love grits. I love anything with corn. 
It's corn. All for only $50,000. Wash it all down with a dirty Debbie. Nine-tenths water, one-tenth oranges. After a week or two, you drink this, it's 200 calories and it's acetic. And wipe your mouth with a tissue print of Glass-Steagall. For dessert, try our DNC tarts. Little cookies, tell the quality of that. Most restaurants give you a mint, but at Schmucky Chuckies, you get complimentary. Sweet and low. Who picks up the tab for all this? Find out now with Howie Klein of DownWithTyranny.com on the Nicole Sandler Show. Hi, Howie Klein. Hi, you know, it's funny, just when it said um, uh, Dirty Debbie. Yeah. It's like the playing um, uh, Dark Side of the Moon with the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Wicked Witch of the West comes in just at the right time. It was funny. Yeah, I'll bet. So, Howie, um, what a shit show this is. So, I, you know, we've heard it over and over again. It's a cliche at this point. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. They're now in the 10th round of voting. Right. They are in the 10th round of voting. McCarthy's going to lose this one again. Yeah, already has. But, 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 but. Yeah. He, they've, they seem to have made a deal. Um, so I don't know if, if they're going to actually have him win on January 6th, oh, which God. is going to be tomorrow, which oh. would really be amazing, or they'll, uh, you know, sort of skip a day. I mean, I don't think they could, you know, I think it would be, just be too much publicity-wise for, for him to be declared speaker on the 6th. But yeah. from all I'm hearing is he's got the votes now. Really? So what changed? Because well, that's what I'm hearing. But uh, I shouldn't. I, I don't want to make people think that it, that's that's for sure. That it's really mostly coming from his camp. Uh, other people are telling me there's no way that there are you know that there are four Republicans who will just not vote for him no matter what happens. But on the other hand, there are several Republicans who aren't going to show up. Uh, starting well, one didn't show up today. Oh, really? Uh, Ken Buck. Oh. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, he might have been there early in the day, but, but he, he, had a, he, had a, he said he had a, a medical appointment. And he, he left. He's not coming back tomorrow either. Uh -huh. And then there were others, you know, um, who have problems. Someone's mother died and the, the funeral is tomorrow. There are several Republicans who, who say they're not coming in tomorrow. Interesting. So we'll see. I mean, you know, it's still, you know, like I said, a couple of members and their staffers who I know uh, who are part of the Kevin McCarthy team have told me that it's it's a done deal. Huh. I would also uh, war warn, as I say that, that they've said that before. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and did this just happen in the what hour since they started the tenth round of voting? Because just, just before the tenth round. Oh wow. Interesting. But no one no one thinks that that he's going to win the tenth round. He's not. No, it's but, already, he already lost. There's already 10 votes against him, and he can only lose four. Right. So there's no way he's going to obviously win the 10th, uh, you know, unless a whole bunch of Democrats vote for him, and that ain't going to happen. Nope. So, so that leaves um, the 11th round, which they, they, they may have today, or it'll be tomorrow, or they'll skip the January 6th for obvious reasons and, and either do it on the weekend or wait till Monday. Oh, my God. Now, here's the other part that I didn't realize. Um, because there are no rules yet for the 118th Congress, 
Kevin yeah, McCarthy. Wild on the floor. Yes. <laughs> and Kevin McCarthy can't just say, OK, we're stopping the votes. That's why everything has to be put to a vote. Nobody can say we're we're not having any more votes tonight. Everything has to be put to a vote. Right. Well, adjournment has to be put to a vote anyway. Uh-huh. But the thing is, is that uh, McCarthy is kind of or although he's backed off a little bit, but he's kind of been acting as though he were already speaker. Yeah. Uh, like I said, he did back off because some of the members uh, called him out on it. But he has occupied Nancy Pelosi's office. Yes, he has. And, and, and you probably saw that letter from Matt Gates, <laughs> uh, the architect. Yes. The guy who is in charge of the offices is called the architect. Yes. And Matt Gates sent him a letter, you know, saying he, he demands that um, – that uh, the squatter in there get removed from the office. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Look, I am no fan of Kevin McCarthy's, but his trolling has been pretty epic this week. <laughs> well, you mean Matt Gates? I mean Matt Gates. What, who yeah. did, what did I say? Sorry, I'm, I got no sleep Sorry. last night. Yeah, you meant Matt. Yeah, yeah Matt, Matt Gates. He's. You know, the other thing is, is that um, you know, if it was up to me, uh, you know, I, I would hope that they'd all be on a big giant bus and it would go over a cliff, but. That said, and I mean it, um, the the case that some of these guys are making is a good case. Uh, you know, um, the, the power that's been invested in the uh, speaker over the last decade or so is is too much. Right. And, and, and I and I, I you know even though I hate these Freedom Caucus people, the the arguments that they're making are pretty good. Well, the things that they're fighting for, some of it, you know, what do you think about the motion to vacate? Should one member of the caucus be able to call a vote to remove the speaker from from office? Sure. Okay. Why not? I, I guess. Why not? Why? That's, the way, that's the way it's been until Nancy Pelosi changed oh. it. And so it's been that way for over 100 years, a lot of, like way over 100 years. And no one ever abused it. It's never been abused. So then Pelosi changed it, and now it's going back to the way it was originally. And uh-huh. maybe, you know, when Hakeem Jeffries becomes speaker, maybe he'll change <laughs> it back. I don't know. But I, I think it's fine. Okay. Now, they, they, they also want to vote on term limits. Nothing wrong with that. Right. That, that would be a constitutional amendment. So that, that, that they, they can't make that happen. But, you know. You can have a vote. vote sure. Have the vote. That's not, you know, no skin off anyone's nose. They can do that. This is the one that gets me. Find all this stuff. That that's what the problem is. Because if what they're really trying to do, and I think what they're really trying to do, almost positive, is to have the tools to shut down the government. That's what they're looking for. Well, and that's the problem comes in. Yes, and and there's a bigger problem too. But uh, there's one demand that these I call them hostage takers are making that I think is ridiculous, and that is they want seats carved out on the House Rules Committee for members of the Freedom Caucus. And well, not, not just the House Rules Committee. Yes, the House Rules Committee, but also other important committees where, they, where they're not due to have representation. Also, they're demanding to be the chairs of some of the subcommittees when they, their members weren't in line for that. Seniority, the, right? What a jellyfish McCarthy is because he's giving in to these demands. At first, he said he would never, never, never give in to yep. these things. Yep. And he is giving in to them now, including stamping his own supporters in the back and, and, and to make way for freedom, freedom caucus people. So, 
you know, I mean, I wish some of these uh, supporters of his would stand up and be men themselves or women. Yeah. But they, they don't. They're just letting him do whatever he wants, which is pretty ugly. It is pretty ugly. And so do you agree with the assessment that even before he capitulated to all these demands and he caved into a bunch more last night and obviously right. some today it, it, if they've cut a deal? Demand. that Every demand. That There's he, nothing that he's holding out right. on. It's like, you know, give me another one. I'll, I'll agree to it. They don't trust him. So, so that's that, so that's so. So there may be enough holdouts to not give him the the uh, the gavel, but I don't think there are. But they definitely don't trust him. Right, but but so he already was believed that he would, if he were to get the gavel, would be the 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 weakest speaker in history. Well, now that that's that on steroids because he keeps giving into their demands. So he just wants yeah. the title in the office. That's right. So he'll be he'll be speaker in in, in name, name only. only. What it comes down to. Wow. But you know I'll tell you I um, so an old I wrote about this yesterday. It was it, it was um, an old kind of <laughs> a date that I once had, but I stayed in touch with this guy for for over the decades. But it was just someone really. It was basically a one night, but it was an afternoon one afternoon <laughs> stand. Yeah. It, 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 the guy was like a uh, is. A, a hardcore born into the Republican Party. So he's a hardcore Republican uh -huh. because his parents were very, very wealthy. When I when I met him in the 90s, I think it was the 90s, yeah, he was, um, uh, you know, his family was very, very connected uh, to um, to Giuliani. And, and, and anyway, <laughs> I didn't treat him really nicely. Uh -huh. Once he started telling me who he was, he was very hot, but he started telling me who he was. <laughs> and what he was and who his family was, and, and I treated him very badly. And, and, and then what happened is he loved that. Oh, God. Yeah, he loved being treated badly. So, uh, so <laughs> we, we kind of stayed friends for a little while. But anyway, <laughs> he now works on Capitol Hill, and he's got a big top job, and that's, that's my, main, uh, my main source from inside the Republican Party, even to the point where sometimes my friends in the Democratic caucus call me and say, how do you have this information when we don't? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've never burned a sauce, I never would, mm -hmm. but uh, there's a couple of officers that call me and ask me to find things out for them, and, and, I, and I do. I find out from him. He'll tell me anything. Good. Well, that's good. Yeah. Good to have friends anyway, on the other side. He, yeah. So what he told me, I, I was asking him, why, why, do they, why, since they're giving in, since McCarthy is giving in on everything, what's the reticence? Why don't they just take the offering? And what he told me is that they totally don't trust him. And he, he, he made this great comparison to Netanyahu, who is, they say is just like McCarthy. Oh, my he, God. He'll promise, some, he'll promise two people that, that uh, the same job. He'll say, oh, yeah, you can be the chairman of the uh, Appropriations Committee, and he'll turn around five minutes later and tell somebody else, yeah, you can be the chairman of the Appropriations Committee. So, they, they, so that's Netanyahu, and they say that uh, McCarthy's just like him. You know, no, you can't believe a word he says. Right. So that's where the reticence comes in. But now I'm hearing that he has, you know, so I don't know what the mechanism is, but he has set up a mechanism so that they ho could hold him accountable. Presumably it's more than just the uh, vacate the chair thing, that there's more to it than that.
Um, I, I, I get. Well, there's a lot of other demands that he's giving into. That, I don't know. The whole thing is just. It, the it, thing is, he can give into these demands, and then once he's got the, the gavel, he can then uh, go back on them theoretically. But if they then they could you know vacate the chair, and he's not, he's not speaker anymore. Who, who knows? It's a real circus, you know, in the worst sense. Uh, and it's and you know my worry is that he's not going to have any kind of clout at all to pass a budget to uh, you know take care you know to keep the government open. I mean you know I just feel like none of that's going to happen now. I mean he's going to be a total one hundred percent pawn of the of the Freedom Caucus. Right, and here's the, here's the fear that I'm hearing from the you know activist progressive uh, friends that I have, which is in March. We hit up against the debt ceiling and these hostage takers in the House Republican caucus do not want to um, uh, to to increase the debt limit. And what we've been through this ad nauseum every couple of years. And it's always when the Republicans control the House that they make an issue of this because the Democrats pass it. Raising the debt ceiling simply means, yes, we will pay the bills for the money that we've already allocated. Uh, It's all it is. It's not saying we will spend more. It's saying we will pay the bills that we've already charged. Basically, we'll pay our credit card bills. But these people, and I use the term loosely, don't want to do that. They want to send this country into default. And it appears that they're going to have a chance to do that in March. Yep. That's what they want to do. And they now have the power to do it. I mean, what can stop them? I mean, they've, they've, what, they, what they were afraid of is that McCarthy would make a deal the way Ryan did and the way Boehner did to make, to make a deal with Democrats so that Nancy would give them enough votes to make up for the Freedom Caucus walking away. So when, when, in other words, when the extreme right, say 30 extreme right wingers would walk off and say that we're not voting for this, Pelosi would give them 31 Democrats to vote for it and it would pass. Uh, and now they've made it so that that um, uh, McCarthy can't do that. Uh, so that that McCarthy can't can't make a deal with the Democrats. He can't go to Hakeem Jeffries and say, "I, uh, you know, I, we, you want to keep the government open. I want to keep the government open. I got like these thirty crazy Republicans uh, who uh, are deserting me. Can you give me thirty Democrats?" He can't do that anymore. Oh my even God! If, even if even if uh, Jeffries w- would agree with him, uh, it can't happen. I mean, they or they throw him out. Wow! Yeah. See, this you know he is letting this small group of about ten percent of the caucus hold the rest of the the house hostage. That's why I call them the hostage takers. This is not the way to run a, 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 a chamber of Congress. This is not the way to run a branch of government. But it, it's just that Kevin McCarthy has always wanted to be speaker and thinks he deserves it. Yes, and it's been his life's dream and doesn't, nothing else matters. He just wants that title, even if it's only for one term. But by the way, everyone is blaming these 10%, this, these, what you're calling the hostage takers. Everyone yeah. is blaming them. Yeah. And they certainly deserve the blame. But that doesn't mean that the rest of the Republicans don't deserve the blame oh. because they're going along with it. So the so-called mainstream uh, conservatives right. who are behind Kevin McCarthy, they're not any better than the hostage takers. They could put their foot down at any second. I mean, in other words, this thing could be stopped 
by any five members. Well, why don't five uh, five mainstream people say no? We're, we're not we're not going along with this. Yeah. So they're just. Well, they are. Look, it's the same reason that, you know, any of the, quote, mainstream members didn't stand up against Donald Trump for the last six years. Right. Well, yes, more or less. I mean, it was another thing, which was he he had the power to, um, you know, to go right to the people and clobber these folks, whereas McCarthy, you know, McCarthy's not well liked. Right. he, He doesn't have any clout with the people. That's true. There, there's always that. Then, then let me ask you this. So there have been a couple of, you know, backbenchers in the Republican caucus who are now gaining notoriety, most notably By, Byron, uh, what's his name? Byron Daniels? What? Byron Donald. Do- Donald. Donald. From Fort Myer. I mean, From, you're one of your neighbors. I know. I never heard of him before this week. No. No, Rosendahl, Dale, or one of them was saying millions and millions of Americans look up to him. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, even, first of all, he won his primary by 700 votes. Second of all, I I would bet anything that even in his district, they don't know who he is. Yeah. Uh, He's he's an unknown backbencher uh, who, you know, if, if he's known for anything, it was for his you know, his, his, well, he has an interesting story because he was a criminal in Crown Heights, New York. Yeah. He was, you know, he was, he, you know, he was a, I, I, I want to say he was a bank robber, which he was, but not with a, you know, not with a gun, but he, he was involved with bribery and fraud and drug dealing. He was, a, you know, a bad character. And he did come out of that, supposedly. I mean, you know, he's not, a, I guess he doesn't do that anymore. Let's put it like that. Uh-huh. And, uh, as far as up, you know. Right. And, you know, maybe he's doing other things, like <laughs> taking lots of money from Sam Bankman-Fried, which he Hello. did. Hello, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, he, the, the, you know, the main thing is, is you probably saw this going around. It's like, you know, some of my best friends are black yeah. is the game that these Republicans are playing now. Yeah, because, well, the, you know, the Democrats were having so much fun with all the unity votes for Hakeem Jeffries and a lot of historical mentions made that it was the first time a black man has been nominated for Speaker of the House. So the Republicans have to say, we're going to make history and we're going to have a black speaker as a token. What he's what they're do what they're doing to him is disgusting. And he's allowing himself to be used in that manner. Right. And, uh, you know, he, he voted for McCarthy on the first vote. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he so did. Now, yeah. So that's that's sort of over right now. But he's, uh, you know, in the new um, I mean, this guy, Hearn, uh, you, do you know about him? He, no. He's getting lots of votes now. No. So he, here we are in the 10th round. And Hearn, who's also a right winger, but um, he's, you know, he's a not very well known guy. I think he represents Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> He owns um, 18 McDonald's franchises. Ooh. So he got wealthy off, you know, people being paid slave wages. Sure. Um, and he's, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Bobert nominated him. Oh, right. And at first it was just her voting for him and, and one other friend of his from Oklahoma. And now he's got seven votes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't watch. Yeah, I've been watching. All Tuesday, yesterday, today, I've been out running, uh, helping my kid look, looking for a car. So we've been out and I haven't been, you know, I've been keeping up on my phone with the tallies, but I haven't watched any of it. So I didn't know who they put up. I do know that there's this, this other awful 
woman from Florida who I had also never heard of before. Oh, oh, you got to hear Kat? her because she's going to be a big deal. She, first of all, she's hot looking, so what? you know that she's all over TV. Cat? But this is Anna Paulina Lunatica. Oh, that's not who I'm talking about. I'm t- there, there's oh. another wingnut oh, yeah. from Florida. Cat Cammond, the one who accused the Democrats of boozing it up on the floor? And that was funny because she had just come from a meeting where, uh, what's, uh, I can't remember the Republican's name, one of their big shots. Oh, Hudson. So he's, he's the head of their conference now. Uh, so Hudson, uh, oh, no, well, he didn't make the suggestion. Someone made the suggestion that they all get drunk. Yeah. And, and, that, and then they can make the decision. Uh, easier. I heard that. Easier. Right. And Hudson said he held up his water bottle and he said, this is filled, <laughs> filled with vodka if anybody wants any. But she's uh, the she one came from there and then get, went right on the floor and accused the Democrats. <laughs> Kat Kamek, she's from, uh, you know, the suburbs of uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, it's astounding. You know what? She's the third district of Florida. She represents parts of Gainesville. That's because they gerrymandered Florida so much that Gainesville, which should be a bright blue district, yes. was cut up. And so it's all red up there. She, she represents all of Gainesville. Oh, God. I mean, this is a horrible thing for, for like, a, you know, it's like a blue, blue, blue dot in yeah. the middle of the city of red. Just like Athens, Georgia is a blue, blue uh, dot gerrymandered into this horrible red district where, so they have no representation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's all opposite world. But the other one from Florida that you're talking about, who is j- thrown in with the the the, the uh, hostage takers, another who was it? Laura Loomis or somebody's accusing her of being a witch. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to go to court. So <gasps> it's, it's actually become a court case whether or not she's a witch. <laughs> I wasn't that Christine. What was her name? The, the, the one from, um, from uh, Delaware. Delaware, right? I thought we were done with the witches in the house. We were a party. That- we never done with the witches. <laughs> I guess not. Oh my God! I, this is just insanity over insanity. And then tomorrow is the anniversary of January sixth, and one of the first, the, probably the very first thing they did. When Congress came back, although the House is officially not in order yet, but they've removed the magnetometers because there's yeah, no danger of any any gun carrying crazies going into the Capitol tomorrow. Or today or, or today, but tomorrow, especially tomorrow's the anniversary. Yes. Let's hope they will shoot each other as long as it's on their side of the aisle. Yeah. The, um, so I was so excited because um, uh, 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 someone who is not a member of Congress anymore but uh, was uh, and um, is, is on, on his way over to my house. And I was kind of hoping that he would get here while you and I were still on the phone and we could get him to uh, announce what his plans are because they're like pretty uh, spectacular. Uh, but unfortunately, he's not here and I'm not in any position to announce his oh, uh, no. plans. Well, let me ask you, is it, um, uh, I'll guess, um, could it possibly be Alan Grayson, who's been tweeting a lot lately? He is tweeting, and it's definitely not Alan oh, Grayson. Okay. No, no Alan is uh, Alan's in uh, Orlando tweeting away today, having a good time. He is tweeting away a lot. Um, all right, so oh, I'll just have to keep. Uh, I, I'm not. Yeah, this, this isn't this isn't uh, someone that you and I have talked uh-huh. about before. It's not. It's not. He's not even from our perspective a progressive, but he, he's an interesting guy. 
with and and what's going to happen is really interesting, and the whole country is going to be very very excited about it. And I, I thought we could break the news today, uh-huh. but I can't do it. I thought he would get here in time to do it, but uh, he's not here. No, so he, uh, soon he's got he's, five minutes. <laughs> well, he could be here in the next five minutes. I doubt it, but he's coming. Uh, you know, he's coming in, uh, in an Uber. Oh, it was it was funny. He, he yeah. I'm, I'm taking him to a really great restaurant, like an amazing, the best restaurant in L.A. Really? Uh, so, so he's coming from pretty far in an Uber, and then and it's be very, very far for me to drive, like too far. So, he, so he said to me after dinner, "How do I get back to my hotel?" And I said, "Well, you try Lyft." <laughs> <laughs> so, are we gonna maybe hear about this tomorrow? Or will we just read it at DownWithTyranny.com? If he lets me. Okay. All right. let, oh. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, he's going to have to break the news when he wants to break the news. Uh, not, not, you know, I'm not going to say anything about gotcha. it. Gotcha. Okay. Unless he, he tells me to. Well, I will wait. And since you, you're you know, t- sometimes, you know, if you read between the lines of Down With Tyranny, you, you find out of this, this stuff early. That is very true. Uh, you know, you, like you've noticed, um, for, just as an example, I hear I'm speaking out of turn, but I'm going to do it. Um, you know, down with tyranny is uh, has a draft movement. Well, we we will soon have a few draft movements, but we have a draft movement right now for uh, for the for the Missouri Senate seat. Yes, Josh Hawley. Yes. Sorry, Josh Hawley. It's Josh Hawley's seat, and we're trying to recruit somebody. Uh, to, oh, I'm uh, sorry. Run- I mean, I mean, um, duh, for Josh Hawley's seat. Um, 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 boy, how quickly I forget. Um, who was the, the Senate, who, the guy who should have uh, been, who, who should have gotten Roy Blunt's seat, but lost right. in, in the primary. Um, right, but it'll be nice if he can beat uh, Josh Hawley. Yes, it and would be nice if he can beat Lucas Kuntz. Lucas Kuntz. That's it. I just draw, I told you, I didn't sleep last night. I'm sort of half brain dead, but I, I, I'm, I'm just slow. That's all. Just a little slow today. All right. Well, I guess I'll just have to try to read behind between the lines. By the way, for anybody who just doesn't check in with Down With Tyranny every day, you put up a post three days ago. And for those who don't know, um, Howie Klein, uh, we, when we met, he was president of Reprise Records. Um, and you are working on a book in the background, aside, you know, apart from your work as a progressive activist and head of the Blue America Pack and blogging at DownWithTyranny.com. You're working on this book and you put up a post three days ago titled, I Worked at Reprise Records. And you found this book that the staffers put together for you when you were retiring. Is that what this was? It was actually after I retired, they made, they, it was just the promotion staff. So it, was, it wasn't the publicity staff or the marketing staff. It was just the promotion guys. And they gave me this book, and it, it's a leather-bound book. And I, I, I took one, and with gold leaf writing on right. it, and I took one look at it, and I, and I didn't open it. I just put it away in a room in my house that I never go in. I never looked at it because it was so embarrassing because they used the word great and my name in the same same line that I couldn't handle it. So I put it away and and it's been, you know, 20 some odd years. And I was up, um, I was up in that room the other day looking for something else and I came across it and I pulled it out and I started looking at it for the first time. And, and it was really pretty touching and interesting, and there were some points in it that I thought were valuable. So, I, so I'm going to use it in my memoir, and I'm writing in the memoir, and there um, – oh, you hear that? I think that's the uh, congressman. Oh, we, we can patch him in. 
Uh, well, let's see. Okay. Is it him? Uh, it is. No, my no. boyfriend. No. Oh. <laughs> Writing about Kathmandu. Uh. <laughs> oh well. Oh, anyway, man. yeah. So the so that so that you know raw book is interesting. So I, I I took about five or six of the staffers' comments and used them. And, and part of this, part of the memoir that I'm writing is, is demonstrating how people experience the same thing and then the memories are very, very different. That is true. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, one of them is writing about this experience that he had of watching me, in his mind, dance down the aisle at a giant concert in Boston right. and, the, and the police clearing the way for me. Oh, wow. Uh, and the person who, who was writing no, this. This is in his mind this happened, but it didn't happen. Really? Oh, I remember what really happened. I mean, and, and not only do I remember what really happened, but I have a tape uh, <laughs> that I used to have as my answer machine tape of Stevie Nicks dedicating, um, what is it called? Uh, Landslide? La- yes, thank you. Landslide to me. Mm-hmm. Cool. It was in Boston. It was the first night of, of the of the tour for the dance, the album. Sure, the I remember, and I was at the taping when they recorded the dance. Uh, but in Boston, you know, after I left LA, I went to Boston and I programmed a, a very cool radio station there, the River. Andrew Gavatsos was yeah, our was, promo was guy. Right I know, and that's who wrote this piece. Yes, exactly. Andrew's Such a great guy. He is. He is. Well, you know, I, I, so like I said, he has a memory of it, which is very valid. And I have a memory of it. So, you know, but, and they're not the same. And all over the book, that's going to be the case. All of my memoir, sure. that's going to be the case. My old girlfriend. Oh, God. I, oh, we, we're done, right? Yeah. You need we, to go? Gotta go. You got to go? Okay. Well, I'll talk right. to you next week. Later. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye, Howie Klein. Okay. So that was obviously an important call that came in because Howie had to leave very suddenly. Heard the phone ring? Actually, we heard the call waiting thing and I could tell he looked at the phone he saw who it was he said we're done right God to be a fly on the wall oh well well with that we are done (laughs) Uh, stick a fork in this Thursday because it's done tomorrow Friday it is the second anniversary of the January 6th insurrection and yes it was an insurrection And the one person, you know, if you listen to the show, who has covered the trials of the insurrectionists better than anybody else is our friend Marcy Wheeler, Empty Wheel. And um, so Marcy Wheeler will be here. You know, full disclosure, we're going to tape tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time because she's over there in Ireland. But what she said to me was... That between, well, when we booked it, which was the beginning of the week, and tomorrow, she said, um, uh, she said, I aspire to have a post up by then that plugs in the January 6th committee stuff into what we know about Department of Justice investigation to explain where it might go. Aspirational, but let's be optimistic. So I'm being optimistic. Marcy Wheeler, tomorrow on this um, January 6th uh, anniversary. And I'm sorry, I'm just looking. It's now 6 o'clock. I'm, and, and Kevin McCarthy lost uh, the 10th round of votes. But if we were, our, if Howie knows, if Howie's uh, contacts know what they're talking about, 
maybe tomorrow's the day, but that would be weird, right? Making Kevin McCarthy speaker on January 6th? I don't know. I guess this is where we say to be continued. We will pick this up tomorrow. Same time, same place, 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific. Um, I'll see you then. (sighs) Are we having fun yet? All right. That's what I thought. All right. I'll leave you with the news. See you manana. Bye. It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. When last we spoke, the still speakerless House, after six rounds of voting over two days, failed to give the job to Kevin McCarthy or anyone else for that matter. The members hastily voted to adjourn until 8 p.m. When the time came, it was clear that no progress had been made, but getting everyone to agree to adjourn for the night was easier said than done. On this vote, on this vote, the yeas are 200. On this vote, the yeas are 216. The nays are 214. Accordingly... Motion is adopted. Accordingly, the House stands adjourned until noon tomorrow. So now it's Thursday. What changed overnight? We likely won't know for sure until they reconvene at noon, ostensibly for a seventh round of voting. But it appears that the depth of Kevin McCarthy's fecklessness has no bottom. As Politico and other news outlets are reporting Thursday morning, the man who so desperately wants to be speaker has agreed to even more concessions that would make him the weakest speaker in American history. According to, quote, one well-placed source familiar with these talks, McCarthy appears to have finally acquiesced to a demand that he lower the threshold needed to force a vote ousting the speaker to just one member. What a change. McCarthy originally indicated that restoring the one-member motion to vacate was his red line. His allies are now arguing that there's not a huge practical difference between this and his previous offer of requiring five members to trigger the vote. But wait, there's more. McCarthy is also prepared to give the House Freedom Caucus, you know, the wing nuttiest of them all, two seats on the very powerful House Rules Committee, which oversees the amendment process. Some of those maggots are holding out for four seats on the committee. Another demand comes from Ralph Norman of South Carolina, who's proposed a constitutional amendment on term limits. And the 20 Republican outliers also want major changes to the appropriations process. Yes, they don't want another trillion dollar plus omnibus spending bill. And so the deal they're working on reportedly includes a promise for standalone votes on each of the 12 yearly appropriations bills, which would be considered under what's known as an open rule, allowing floor amendments to be offered by any member of the House. The hostage takers also appear to have won a concession to carve out any earmarks included in those packages for separate votes, though it's unclear if they'd be voted on as one package or separately. But if you think all of those negotiations are just taking place among the incoming members of the Republican caucus, well, then you don't understand how big money interests control them, even as they claim to be working on draining that still swampy swamp. In this case, It's super PACs. The McCarthy-aligned Congressional Leadership Fund reached a deal with the right-wing club for growth, who had initially signaled their opposition to McCarthy as speaker. So now they're wheeling and dealing 
And, you know, money talks, especially in congressional circles. And then Wednesday night, some of McCarthy's loudest foes made the TV rounds. Chip Roy of Texas got into a feisty exchange with uh, Laura Ingraham at Fox Not News. And Lauren Boebert had a truly contentious interview with Sean Hannity and then went on MSNBC where Stephanie Rule kept trying to break through all the nonsense she was spewing. So now it's Thursday and we wait and see if these latest concessions by the man who so wants to be speaker would move the holdouts. But the Washington Post is reporting that moderates have grown irate at this latest offer after pledging last month that they'd never support a rules package that gives one member the power to vacate the speaker. So into day three of voting we go. Meanwhile, on the other side of the split screen, we look at Covington, Kentucky, where the adults were showing the children how bipartisan cooperation works. President Biden made his first public appearance of the new year underneath the Brent Spence Bridge, which connects Kentucky with Ohio. It's a bridge that has long been an example of our crumbling, dangerous infrastructure, which will now finally be upgraded thanks to the bipartisan legislation passed in the 117th Congress. When President Biden landed on Air Force One in Kentucky, Mitch McConnell was there to greet him and then rode to the event with Biden in the Beast, the armored limo. The Democratic governor of Kentucky, Andy Bashir, and the Republican governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, were also there adding to the bipartisan festivities. And just so you don't think all the Republicans in the Senate are acting as adults working in the best interests of the nation, the White House did invite Senators Sherrod Brown, Democrat of Ohio, J.D. Vance, Republican of Ohio, and Rand Paul, Republican of Kentucky, along with Mitch McConnell, to the event. Of course, only McConnell and Brown accepted. Just saying. That event contrasted with the Republican infighting over the election of the next speaker, which Biden called a little embarrassing. Yeah. Maybe a lot embarrassing. President Biden on Wednesday also announced that he plans to visit the border next week on his way to Mexico City for the North American Leaders Summit. It'll be Biden's first trip to the southern border as president. Biden now expected to announce new limits on illegal border crossings, expanding policies that would expel migrants without letting them first seek asylum. This is a policy that will likely be challenged in court. He'll make those remarks today, somewhere along the border. Former Congressman Adam Kinzinger has a new job. He's a new senior political commentator for CNN. And as we approach the two-year anniversary of the January 6th attack on the Capitol, a new poll is out from Politico and Morning Consult with some interesting results. On the question of did Donald Trump break the law, 59% of registered voters said yes. Donald Trump definitely or probably broke the law while president while 30% said he probably or definitely didn't. On the question of should the investigation continue, 62% said it's very or somewhat important for the federal government to continue investigating the attack, while 31% said it's not too important or not important at all. Yeah, right. And finally, a powerful bomb cyclone hit Northern California's Pacific Coast Wednesday night with heavy rains and hurricane-force winds. 
It wreaked havoc in the Bay Area while Central California continues to face hurricane force gusts. Forecasts show rainfall rates in some areas could exceed one inch per hour today, which could unleash even more flooding across the already saturated region, hit with a different storm that brought deadly floods just last week. California Governor Gavin Newsom issued a statewide emergency declaration Wednesday as nearly 200,000 homes and businesses in California remain without power Thursday morning. Stay safe and stay dry. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener supported and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com and please click on that donate button. Up there, including yourself and the AAM who say Democrats who made promises in certain areas really need to step it up. And uh, let's talk about and I want to break down and talk about the Democratic Party being in the process of Uh, committing three errors uh, politically that'll hurt them with voters, that will hurt jobs, that will, you know, could hurt the economy and certainly could hurt their chances, many of them, for re-election. And and that's breaking it down to infrastructure, climate change, or climate, and uh, competition with China, right? Uh, China competition. Um, They're like, you know, like I mentioned, there are political ramifications and implications to this. There are policy ramifications and implications to this. Um, so let's start with infrastructure. Um, yep. I've heard from you guys that Democrats have another infrastructure problem. Americans hear this, they see this, they read this, and they go, wait a minute, Scott, what are you talking about? You know, President Biden and Democrats, even got some Republicans on board, passed a bipartisan infrastructure deal 